en route to your ears. A very strange meditation. A war on guns? The time to end the mask mandates. Pussy talk. A paddle ball switcheroo. And life in three words. And of course, Fish B will likely say something insulting. Bonjour, amigos. I'm only Bob Van Dyne, and I'm doing my very best. Uh, the sounds of the city, unintentional. I don't intend to record them, yet they are unavoidable. You might notice, uh, you might, uh, notice uh, some particularly noisy trains going by tonight. I'm not sure what it is. The air, I, I don't fucking know. But just, just think of it as uh, uh, urban blight charm. Who, who wouldn't? Uh, who's not in the mood? Who, a second helping, please, of urban blight charm. Uh, we'll get to your fishbowls. Excuse me, we'll get, we'll get to the fishbowl. I'm having a tough night. We'll get to the fishbowl questions in, uh, in just a moment. But first, I have a, a really, really fucking weird thought for you to think about, just to get our minds going. I just heard some anthropologist on TV. I am not, obviously, an anthropologist. I'm not much of anything. And they said of modern human history, that, that it goes back 6,000 years, modern human history. And so I did a little math on that, 6,000 years. And if we say the average birthing mom's age is 30, just to keep the math easy, because it has to be for me, that would mean it takes 180,000 generations of uninterrupted maternal and paternal bloodlines for us to be alive today. 180,000 generations. It's just a mind-boggling number to me. And then when you think about it, like, of the, all those generations, who looked the most like you, who acted the most like you, who had the best life, who had the worst life, who died the grisliest death, like at the hands of a, a, a sea turtle or some other kind of monster in the ocean? Who is the luckiest? Are you the luckiest? You might be. And when you close your eyes and when your mind is quiet, can you feel the subtle tug of your ancestors? I don't know. Food for thought. And with that, Fishby, if I can keep my mouth moving in the correct direction, uh, what's question one? Given the crime surge, should the Democrats launch a war on guns? These are dark times, the dark days of COVID. Crime rates are up. The news is scary. People are scared. And the Democrats, rightly so, feel pressure to do something about it. Or per perhaps more accurately, at least looking like they're doing something about it, which is, yeah, terrific. Thanks for the lip service. But a war on guns is probably a worse idea than the war on drugs. There's, there's obviously the Second Amendment. And beyond that, the gun culture of America. Americans love guns. Like, like love guns more than I would love Sofia Vergara as my personal Spanish tutor. There's over 400 million guns in America, and I think that's low. In terms of an estimate. There were 40 million guns sold last year. 40 million guns. And every gun law enforcement takes off the street being tough on crime will just be bought, borrowed, or otherwise acquired somewhere else. 
And lastly, I, I think the Democratic, if they were to, you know, brand this thing a war on guns versus the Republicans' war on crime and criminals, that's a political loser for the Democrats. The Dems will need a much, much, much better plan and marketing of that plan. Better messaging than blaming everything on guns. And until the Democrats do something different, which I don't think they're going to, just blame it on the guns. The Republicans are the party of law and order. That's just a fact. (laughs) What's next, Fish V? What's next? This show is ridiculous. When is the time to end mask and vaccine mandates? When is the time to, to end the mask and vaccine mandates? Uh, not to sound like a Republican governor, but fucking yesterday. I mean, Jesus Christ, it, it's not two years ago anymore. Even though it feels like in some days, like time actually has moved, or at least that's what my therapist tells me. She tells me two years have gone by. We have vaccines, we have therapeutics, two years of knowledge. If someone doesn't want to get vaccinated, that's, that's their choice at this point. Or, or if you want to have a business that requires masks, that's your choice. Choice, not mandates in America. Another loser for the Democrats. I think people are pissed off. And, and oh, by the way, random aside, if, if I might, and of course, random asides are my favorite asides. Of all the asides, randoms are the best. We have all this infrastructure money floating around. We spent trillions of dollars of different COVID-related things. And apparently none of us can get our lives back to normal because, because we, we don't want the hospitals to fill back up. It's all, it's all about the hospital. How come one of the lessons of COVID isn't maybe we should make our hospitals bigger? Maybe we should stop closing down rural hospitals. And make the ones in the cities even bigger. You ever been to like a big city ER, like at 11 o'clock at night or midnight on a Saturday? It's not great. We need bigger hospitals amongst other things. Just a, just a random aside. What's next, Fishby? If you had to describe your life in three words, what would they be? This is tricky. I, I, w- I was asked this last night, and I was asked a similar question by my therapist at some point, maybe a year ago. One lucky, two and three unlucky. Or the three words I gave my therapist, psychiatrist. Chaos. And again, trying to describe my life in three words, like to the best of my ability, other than lucky and unlucky. Chaos, confusion, heartache. I don't know what three words you would use to describe your life. But for me, chaos, confusion, heartache. But 
and I am now neither an optimist nor a pessimist. That's all rearview mirror. That's all of my past. That's describing my life up until this moment. And my tomorrows are (laughs) TBD is three letters instead of three words. But if I had to describe my life in three letters, those letters would be TBD, to be determined. And because of that, I think my character is more important than my past. And I would describe my character as resilient. So there. I said something positive. That's a, that's a, speaking of my psychiatry, she would be thrilled uh, at the lack of self-loathing in that particular response. She'd be thrilled by it. What's next? Yo, it's me, Fish B. Oh, dear God. Here we go. What's worse, the human name, Bob Van Dyne, or the podcast name, Bob's Fishbowl? You know what, Fish B, I'm actually not offended by this question. This, uh, this doesn't bother me one bit, because I, I actually agree. I think in terms of, like, doing what you want to do and, and trying to somehow uh, 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 get this. Maybe, maybe we'll never be, you know, the best podcast in the world. Maybe we'll never be, like, in the top, like, 100. But we're certainly a top 1,000 uh, podcast, right? Um, but the human name Bob Van Dyne is uh, in... Uh, in, in the media biz, a lot of people take PKAs or professionally known as or a pseudonym of some kind. And uh, they will do that because they don't want to embarrass their family and their name is terrible. And, and so they will, they will choose a name that, that's just more sticky, that's, uh, that's easier to remember. Uh, I believe, I believe in, in Phoenix Radio, I, and I probably have this wrong, that's fine, because I'm not sure I want to plug this person, I don't know who they are, but I think their name is something like, it's so ridiculous, like, like, like Mike Mop Broom, or something like that, or Broom Mop. Or, it's, it's ridiculous, but it's easy to remember. Like, even if my name was like Bob Cobcorn, like, that would be, it would be easier, but, uh, but no, Bob Van Dyne is, uh, is weird, and Bob's Fishbowl also. Uh, sure, uh, an accurate representation. I like the show. It's a, it's a wonderful metaphor for what me and Fishby do, but it also is, uh, is not very sticky. So at, uh, at this rate, in another 30, 35 years, uh, someone, <laughs> I'm kidding. We actually do pretty well in terms of uh, numbers and, uh, and listeners. So we, can't, uh, we can't complain there. What's next, Fishby? Do you believe Tucker Carlson has an agenda? And if so, what is it? You know, I DVR Tucker and try to try to make sure I watch him at least like two, three nights a week because so many, so many people do. And believe it or not, I know you're going to want to shoot me because there's all those guns on the street. I, I, it's an entertaining political show, even though I vehemently disagree and I'm sometimes appalled it's a, uh, it's a good political show, as far as political talk shows go. I do think Tucker has an agenda, but let me, uh, let me ruminate on this for another day. Let's put this back in the fishbowl. We will get to it tomorrow. Do you believe Tucker Carlson has an agenda? And if so, 
what? The most popular, you know, television talker in the country by, by a mile. Uh, what's next, Fishby? As a connoisseur of theatrical cock, <laughs> have, uh, have Hulu and Seth Rogen taken it too far with Pam and Tommy? Can I have, um, uh, uh, I don't think I, I can't imagine I'll have like a like a gravestone like like an epitaph like a two but somewhere with like if there if there is like some kind of service like like my ashes or I, I don't know what happens when I die like my kids can fucking pick just don't spend a lot of money can can one of the things mentioned about me perhaps in the first line uh, he's a real connoisseur of uh, of theatrical cock that's uh, that's funny that's funny. Um, yeah, yeah, we talked yesterday how uh, 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 Euphoria, uh, the count holds steady at 74, theatrical cocks, but um, is it a spoiler alert to talk about what happens in Pam and Tommy? I, I won't say any more than that, just in case you, you don't want to hear it, but it's been widely reported in the news the last week. Uh, but yeah, it's, I saw it, and it was, it, it was too fucking far, even, even as a connoisseur. Of theatrical cock. Perhaps as a global media ombudsman, one of my responsibilities is determining when is too far, when the line crosses on theatrical cock. And uh, uh, Seth Rogen and Hulu, Pam and Tommy have fucking crossed it. Oh! There's Isaiah's music. It means we've reached our last question. As always, belongs to our 11-year-old executive producer, Isaiah the Tiny Player. Today, Isaiah writes, What type of cat is Gladys. Isaiah and I, a little background, we got uh, Gladys together uh, this summer, and it was uh, fantastic. Went to, went to the Humane Society, four-year-old former, former strike. Uh, Gladys, I believe, and I'm not world's, you know, I'm not Jack Hanna here. I'm not world's foremost expert on cats. Uh, but I believe she is uh, an American short hair. And then it's kind of a mutt or whatever the equivalent word is for, you know, crossbreed cats. Uh, but an American short hair. And then she's like, like gray. And I believe they call that a, a silver tabby. So that I, I think that's what kind of cat. And, you know, the, the American short haired cat, you know how long they've been here? They uh, they came over on the uh, came over on the Mayflower. They, they had cats. And their primary purpose uh, back then, they're real good at it. Uh, they would, they would, they would guard the hay in the barn. They, they're what they would call ratters. You know, that's they keep the uh, they keep the pests away. You have dogs for security, and you have cats to keep mice and all kinds of gross shit away. So, uh, anyway, Gladys is uh, an American short hair, uh, silver tabby. Thank you very much, Isaiah. Uh, if you want to get a question into the fishbowl, there's only one way. Or two ways, the gateless gate of uh, Buddhism and uh, this email address, bob at bobsfishbowl.com. Social media, we don't give a fuck, at bobsfishbowl or at Bob Van Dyne. Time now for a paddle ball of fire and or the finale switcheroo. In honor of Gladys, who we were just talking about. Let's play a really stupid game. Fishby, come up with a play base for like 17 seconds. How many, don't go yet, don't, how many, yeah, thank you. How many American English expressions or phrases that include the word cat can you verbalize in 17 seconds? I'll repeat it. 
How many American English expressions or phrases that include the word cat can you verbalize in 17 seconds? On your marks, get set. We'll reconvene after. On your marks, get set. I'm serious. On your marks, get set, go. Thank you, Fish B. I thought uh, an extra second uh, was appropriate. Uh, how many were there? There's a bunch of them, right? Uh, the ones I thought of, because I couldn't verbalize that. That, that would be cheating. Uh, I, had, uh, I had catnap, uh, cat-like reflexes, cat scratch fever, nod to the nuge, eating, uh, eating, eating dinner in the Oval with Donald and Palin and Kid Rock. Sounds like fun. Cat scratch fever. Uh, cats have nine lives. A uh, cat on a hot tin roof is, is kind of a stretch. And, and the cat's meow. The cat's meow. But I'm confident I forgot a bunch. I catnap, cat-like reflexes, cat scratch fever, cats have nine lives, cat on a hot tin roof, and the cat's meow. Oh, what about fat cat? Where the fuck was fat cat? God damn it. Anyways, uh, uh, email me uh, the other ones uh, I missed. If, if, if you marijuana. I, I'm not in charge of you. I'm barely in charge of myself at this point. I think the, that's what the medication's for. Anyways, uh, love you lots. Back tomorrow with chapter 525, assuming things don't go horrible. Me love you long time.